You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the Answers That Work broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, I'm so happy to have you with us on How to Win. I am in my leadership edition, and we are doing a wonderful study on vision. The title of this study is Vision seeing beyond the now, seeing beyond the now. Now, in today's lesson, we're going to talk about the character of a vision from God, the character. What do you mean, Mike, by the character of anything? Well, when I say character of a vision from God, I'm talking about the distinguishing features or the qualities that make a person or a thing different from another. We're talking about a vision from God. Now, I was looking recently in the book of Jeremiah, and in Jeremiah, uh, the prophet was chastising uh, prophets who were actually speaking False visions. Now notice that false visions. In another text in Jeremiah, he said that there were some who were actually sharing visions out of their own mind. In other words, things that they had thought of. So visions can be things out of your own mind. Visions can be false But the beauty of what I'm teaching now is that there are visions that come from God. So we're going to talk about the character or the distinguishing features of a vision that comes from God. I hope you have your seatbelt on because it's going to be a good study today. Now, God-given visions have definite attributes. And we're going to look at about 10 of them, 10. It's going to be great. A vision from God. What does a vision from God look like? A vision from God reflects God's objectives, reflects God's objections, objectives. God's visions reflects what he wants to accomplish through us, through our organization, to build his kingdom. God's vision reflects what he wants to accomplish through us. What God wants to accomplish through us. What God wants to accomplish through our organizations to build his kingdom. A vision, as we've said in in recent podcasts, is future-oriented. 
In fact, Habakkuk 2, 3 in the New Living Translation says, this vision is for the future. So visions are related to future events, future happenings, things that God wants to accomplish through us, through our organizations in the future. So God conveys to you, the leader, to me, the leader, his view of what the future looks like. We're talking about the character of a vision from God. And the first attribute is that God's vision will always reflect his objectives. The second attribute or second quality of a vision from God is that a vision from God is people-oriented. Come on, say, people-oriented. Now, God's vision will always listen at this, will always be about people, not just tasks. It takes tasks to accomplish the vision, but the tasks are not an end in themselves. The task is designed to reach people. So notice the second quality of a vision from God that is going to always be about people, building people, blessing people, delivering people, elevating people. Let's look at the third quality of a vision from God, and we'll amplify on the second quality. A vision from God is always based on right motivation. And we did a whole series entitled The Why Matters. So a vision from God is always based on the right motivations. So God's visions, this is amplification of the second quality. God's vision will always improve, enhance, and help humanity. It will always improve, enhance humanity. So a vision from God is really not about us. It's really not about us, the visionary. Although God always blesses his man or his woman, uh, that person carrying the vision, God is going to always bless you. But the vision, we're talking about your motivation. If your vision is about you, listen, things will be better for me if I do this. Things will be better for No, that can't be your motivation. The, the motivation of a vision from God will always enhance and help humanity. Consequently, true godly leadership always results in the advancement, progress, development, improvement, protection, and security of humanity. It's about elevating, reaching, blessing humanity. So now evaluate your vision. Is it a vision from God? If your purpose, vision, and goals only benefit you, then they are not divinely inspired. Now let's look at the fourth 
attribute, the fourth quality of a vision from God. A vision from God, number four, will always challenge conventional wisdom. Oh, this is personal now. It will always challenge conventional wisdom. Leaders must be willing to defy conventional thinking. Are you willing to defy conventional thinking? Leaders must always be willing to challenge traditions, to experiment with new ideas. Think about what God said in Isaiah 55, verse 89. He said, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Neither are your ways like my ways. My thoughts and my ways are as high uh, as the heaven is above the earth. So God's ways are going to always be unconventional. When he gives you a vision, a true godly vision, it will be unconventional. Thomas Edison accumulated a total of 1,093 patents. Think about that. He was open to new ideas, challenged conventional wisdom. I remember years ago, and I pastored for 42 years and about eight months. The church that I pastored, Faith Chapel in Birmingham, uh, we have a, a, a Columbus, Georgia campus now, but in Birmingham, our church began to grow. Took us a while to grow, but finally we started growing and we outgrew our uh, small campus. We, we had bought 3.4 acres of land. And we're actually, actually, there were 3.4 acres of land with a uh, old school building, a discontinued school building that we bought. And our church began to formulate and develop in, uh, on that campus. And then we outgrew the campus. And I'm talking... I'm talking 40, 30, I'm talking 30 some years ago, we began to outgrow the campus. And in those days, what ministries did or churches did when they wanted to build a sanctuary, they would build a butler building. And, and then they would have a gym and they would use the gym as a sanctuary on Sundays. And then they would use it for recreation during the, the rest of the week. So our church had outgrown our campus. So that was my thoughts. My thought was we're going to build us a butler building. We're going to have a gym and we're going to worship in the gym part on Sundays and then we'll have recreation the rest of the week. That was my traditional thinking. But whenever God gives you a vision, it's going to always go against conventional wisdom. It will always defy uh, traditional and conventional thinking. And just walking across my den one day, I heard the Spirit of God say, Dome, Dome, D-O-M-E, Dome. And then I began to think, Lord, you're not asking us to build a dome. Surely you're not asking us to build a dome. But yes, he was asking us to build a dome. So we did our research, and I discovered that there were different kinds of domes. 
So I took the list of the different domes to God in prayer. And I said, well, you said dome, but what kind of dome? And he said to me, the Holy Spirit said this to me, monolithic, unconventional. God was speaking to me about a certain dome, and that's the kind of dome that we built, a monolithic dome. And it's a regular dome, but it's an unconventional building. And God wanted us to have an unconventional facility. Because God is like that. Whenever God gives you a true vision, now remember, we're not talking about looking at somebody else's vision and just mimicking them, imitating them. I'm telling you, you spend time, we talked about getting before God. We talked about separating ourselves, asking, and we talked about hearing God. God is going to give you some unconventional ideas, things that he wants to do because God is very, very creative. Luke 5, 37 through 39, Jesus speaks to this conventional way of thinking in a parable. He says, and no one puts new wine into old wine skins or else the new wine will burst the wine skin and be spilled. But new wine must be put into new wine skins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. You see, we have to be new wineskins. In other words, we must have the elasticity in order for God to put something on the inside. Old wineskins, they had expanded as far as they could go. And if you put new wine in it, with his the fermentation process, it will expand more. And since the old wine skins had stretched as far as they could go, then it will burst the wine skin. So what he's saying here is that he can't put his new ideas in people who are not open to unconventional ways, unconventional ways. So the character of God's vision is that it will challenge conventional wisdom. The fifth attribute or quality of a vision from God is that it will challenge and threaten our comfort zone. Challenge and threaten our comfort zone comfort zone. God loves to stretch his people and he loved to stretch leaders. God vision will always cause you, listen carefully now, God's vision will always cause you to do things you've never done before and accomplish things that you would have thought was not possible. Now, I listen, I can talk from a lot of experience about God challenging and stretching me beyond my comfort zone. Now, it took me years to realize that you cannot grow within your comfort zone. You cannot grow. You cannot develop if everything you do is within the sphere of your comfort zone. Now, for me personally, God often challenged me and actually pushed me outside of my comfort zone in my giving. 
in my giving. And I, I remember when the Spirit of God began to teach me about giving, not, not just tithing. You know, tithing is something that believers should do, but givers give beyond the tithe. They give beyond the tithe. So the Spirit of God began to deal with me about giving. And one of the first tests, if you allow me to call it that, was to give a certain tie that I thought was one of my best ties, the prettiest tie. And in those days, we wore ties. The, you know, congregations are a little more casual now, but ties and suits and all that was big. And I, I love ties. And it was during those struggle days when I was struggling financially. So if I got a hold to a tie, then it was it was valuable to me. And the tie didn't cost that much because I couldn't pay that much for it. But God spoke to me about giving this particular tie to a person. And I was just remonstrating with him. I was trying to negotiate. I'll give him this and I'll give him that. And I'll give him this tie. I'll give him this tie. But I didn't want to mention that tie. That was outside of my comfort zone because it was something that I wanted. Okay. And then the guy that, that he wanted me to, the brother he wanted me to give it to was blind. And I'm telling God, listen, he can't see the tide. Doesn't make any difference. No, God stayed steadfast. He wanted me to give that tie because God loves to stretch up his people and his leaders to move us outside of our comfort zone. So I gave him the time, and I didn't realize that it really wasn't just about the brother. Sure, God was concerned about him, but God was training me to become a giver. So he, he wanted to push me outside of our comfort zone. You see, the day would come as a pastor that we would be believing for millions of dollars we in our church built a 3,000 seat dome sanctuary debt free. And boy, we had to believe. Our congregation is full of believers, full of givers, but we had to believe for that. In order to receive, I've always taught you must give. That's true of your church, pastor. If you're a pastor, in order to receive and have finances flowing through your ministry, you're going to have to be a giving church. And so one of the big tests that God gave me, we're believing that dome sanctuary ended up costing $16 million. Man, I'm telling you, that's a lot of money. Even now, it's a lot of money. That was several years ago. And we believed God for it and, and, and dedicated it without a mortgage, paid it off debt-free, did not borrow a penny to build that building. But in the midst of the, the faith that we were standing on, God instructed me as the pastor to give to another ministry. And he gave me a figure that was just outlandish. He instructed me to give $200,000 to a ministry. 
Think about that, $200,000. Now, don't, don't, don't come back at me. You should have gave that money to the poor. You've given some other men. You should have gave it. Listen, we were already given to the poor. We've always given to the poor. In fact, we got a ministry care center downtown where we give to the poor all the time. So that's, that wasn't the issue. God wanted me to do something beyond what we were doing because we were already tithing as a church. We were already giving as a church. But now he's challenging me and us as a church to go outside of our comfort zone. I was nervous. You know, I, you know, I, I took the check to the ministry and boy, I was kind of shaking there, but I began to grow and God was teaching me about giving both individually, giving corporately, and he, in order to grow, he had to push us outside of our comfort zone. So every God-given vision is going to push you outside of your comfort zone. If it's within your comfort zone, I submit to you that it is not a God-given vision. Number six, we're talking about the character of a vision that comes from God, the character of a vision that comes from God, the qualities that makes God's vision different from other visions. Number six, a vision from God is always long term. It will not be something that you will accomplish rapidly. In fact, more often than not, it will require years, years of active pursuit, years of active pursuit. A God-given vision is going to be big. It's going to be bigger than what you had thought. It's going to be bigger than what you had expected. It's going to be huge. And it's going to take time to accomplish it. You can't approach a, a, a God-given vision with a microwave mentality. That, that get it done right now mentality, it's not going to work like that because it's going to be big. So it's going to be long term. It will be something that you will not accomplish rapidly. Years, come on, say years. It's going to take years to accomplish the vision that God has put in your heart. The seventh characteristic of a vision from God is that it will unfold progressively. It will unfold progressively. It will manifest in stages. Now, that's true personally and it's true corporately. Got it? As an individual, the vision that God puts in your heart will unfold progressively. Progressively. The vision that God has put in your heart concerning your career, it will unfold progressively. The vision that God has put in your heart concerning your business will unfold progressively. The vision that God has given you as a pastor will develop 
unfold progressively. It will manifest in stages. You're not going to accomplish everything in one year. And sometimes that's our problem. We try to do too much too quick. And we just scattering our resources all over the place. We're not focusing our resources. Now, I, I've done well as a, I did well as a pastor focusing, but there were a few times I got off a little bit and tried to do too much at the same time. The vision is going to unfold progressively. That's true also in terms of your individual vision. I have a vision, and, and that vision has unfolded progressively. In fact, a part of my vision was to pastor a local church, and I did that for 42 years and eight months. In fact, it was two churches. I pastored my first church for a little over a year, and then I pastored my second church for 41 years. But things have unfolded progressively. The things that God called us to do unfolded progressively. It unfolded in stages. Now I'm in a new season in my life. And everything that I've done in the past has been preparing me for this season. But even in this season, the reality of what God has put in my heart to do in this season will unfold progressively. The eighth uh, quality of a vision from God, the character of a vision from God, is that it's greater than the visionary. Every, 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 every God-given vision will be greater than the visionary. Think about it. I pastored for 42 years and eight months. The last church, 41 years and about eight months. Now my son is the lead pastor of the church. Think about that. It is the vision was greater than Mike Moore. I was the lead pastor for all those years now, my son is the lead pastor of the church. They're doing a, an amazing job. Church is growing. Church is moving on, going to another level. But think about it. When God was speaking to me, he never intended for me to finish the whole thing. And sometimes that's where we, that's why we sometimes can stay in a place too long now, I'm not trying to give you a word from God, but it may be a word from God. I think some pastors, they stay too long. They stay too long. They, they, they stay till they, till they can't do anything else, or they stay till they get sick, or they stay till they die. And usually, if you stay too long, the church will die when you die, or the church will, will die when you leave. Which leads us to the ninth quality of a vision from God. A vision from God is not only greater than the visionary, 
Let's back back up. It's greater than the visionary. Here I am in this church for 41 years and eight months, and yet that vision wasn't me. It wasn't me. I was the visionary, but the vision wasn't Mike Moore, and it never was from day one. That's why it could live after me. You want whatever you do to live after you. Are you listening? I believe you are. Number nine is related to number eight. A vision from God is generational. Generational. It is transferable, never given to one generation. An example, and we read it all the time in the Bible, God always, in speaking of Israel, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, and I'm the God of Jacob. And then out of Jacob came 12 tribes. Notice generational. Whatever God does, he intends for it to not stop at one generation. Now my church, the church that I, I founded, you know, and pastored for so long, now it's been transferred to a whole nother generation. My son will reach another generation and the vision will keep on going. Now, I'll be honest with you, and, and I'm, I'm sensing the Spirit of God want me to say this before I get to number 10. Listen, pastor, listen, business owner, business leader, mentor somebody, coach somebody to be your successor. You need to have somebody that you can transfer the vision too, because God doesn't want it to stop with you. And sometimes pastors don't, they don't, they don't develop, they don't mentor, they don't coach a successor. And that's why sometimes church can boom and be great. And then the pastor dies or the pastor retires or the pastor does this and the church just dwindles and goes to nothing because the pastor in some cases did not create a successor. You need somebody as a successor. Number 10, let's close out here. A vision from God is, is always connected to appointed place and people. An appointed place and people. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he told them where to go and he told them who to reach. In Matthew 10, 5 through 6, it says, These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go by the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the city of Samaria, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. God is always concerned about a location. He's concerned about a, a people. God is going to send you to a location. God's going to send you to a people. When God sends you to a location, oh, remember this. When God sends you to a location, he goes before you to make ready for you the provision, the people, the favor you will need to be successful. Isaiah 45 Two says, I will go before you, make the crooked places straight. God is speaking to somebody right now. 
I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Whenever God send you and you got to spend time with God to find out where you got, wants you to go, who does he want you to minister to? Where does he want you to go? Who does he want you to minister to? Because he's going to go ahead of you and make ready a people, a provision, favor, everything you need. While Pastor and Faith Chapel here in Birmingham, the Holy Spirit dealt with us about going to Columbus, Georgia. I didn't know where Columbus, Georgia was, had never been to Columbus, Georgia. And yet God spoke to us to go to a place that I had never visited, but he had gone ahead and he's blessed our campus in, in, in Georgia, blessed us with a, an amazing campus pastor, wor- amazing worship leaders, amazing worship team. He's blessed us with amazing musicians. He's blessed us with amazing workers, vision partners, people that are supporting the ministry, people that are coming. Because when God sends you somewhere, he's going to always go ahead of you. And he's going to always provide the people, the provision and the favor that you need. So I'm sensing that I should tell someone now, don't be afraid. Obey God. Do what God tells you to do. And he'll take care of you. Jonah was called to Nineveh, but he went to Tarshish. He ended up in a fish's belly. Apostle Paul was called to the Gentiles. But he just always was trying to reach the Jews, and he got beaten and arrested and ran out of town too much. Now, he was going to suffer because there's a suffering that comes with following God, but I believe he suffered too much. Listen, this, this ends this lesson. I sense that God has given you a vision And I want you to go back, listen to this episode, meditate on it, look up the scriptures that I gave you, and I thank you. It's going to be a blessing for you. I thank you for spending this time with me today. I pray you have a great rest of the week, and I look forward to seeing you next time.